I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The playoffs are here, and it's time to dissect the first-round matchups. I'm joined this episode with Matt Cohen, Windsider Mystics beat writer, to discuss the matchup of the Washington Mystics taking on the Seattle Storm tonight. Consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at Winsider.com. That's Winsider.com. If you've been paying attention, WNBA playoffs have started, and you, if you're in market or if you're close enough to travel to market, should be going to a game. But you don't need to look any further. Thanks to our sponsor, TickPick. Don't worry. No fees, the original no-fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champions, Chicago Sky. Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases to the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. Matt, we have probably the most highly anticipated uh, matchup. I, I think, you know, if in regards to could go either way. Like nobody's going to look at this and say upset, right? Because we have two teams that have a history of playing in the playoffs, two teams that have a history of being prolific teams um, and, and winning it all. We could talk about Connecticut and, and Dallas being maybe the other series that people seriously have their eye on. But this one, I feel like is the most evenly tiered, evenly placed teams going up against each other. Makes sense. It's the five and four seed Washington mystics. Seattle Storm, um, real quick, give us a recap. How did they fare in the regular season? Was Tina there? Was Delhi there? Um, and and who won? Yeah. So first, thanks for having me on. Um, and yeah, these two, these three games across the series were um, really highly contested. The first game was in June, um, out in Seattle. It was the only game that the um, the two of them played out in Seattle. The other two games were played um, at the end of July, back to back in DC. So in that first game, uh, Elizabeth Williams um, did not play. She was actually out um, at the NBA draft for her brother who was being drafted that night. So she was out and Seattle really took advantage. Um, as in Meg Bedore, the, the, the entire game plan was just pick and roll and feed her the ball. And she was an absolute beast. She had 20 points, um, was an entire focal point of their offense because Shakira just, she just continued to punish Shakira in the paint. And the, the wealth was spread from Ezzy setting things up and you had, you had Stewie and Lloyd and Bird, all of them were hitting their shots. Um, they shot almost 46% for the game and it was close for a while. Uh, I think the Mystics were really scoring early on, but um, Deladon played. Um, Tina did not play. She was not on the team yet, uh, but Delhi only went seven for 17 in that game. Atkins went one for 10 from three. Cloud only hit one bucket. So there were a lot of shooting struggles as the game went on and the, the lead continued to grow. So Seattle ended up winning that game by 14. In July, these were two really close games. The margin of victory was only an average of four points. Seattle took the first game. Um, Tina obviously played in that one and so did Deladon. 
and it was a really, really close matchup. There were a couple of possessions down the stretch where I think Washington tried to force things a little bit too much to Elena, and it didn't quite work out so well. A couple of free throws later, and the lead expanded to five, and that's what Seattle won by. In the second game, um, Tina and Elena still both played in that game, and um, Washington shot a little bit better. Um, especially from three. The first two games, they shot 30% and lost. And the second game, a third game, I mean, they, they shot 35% and they managed to win that game by three. So three really good games, the last two being really highly competitive playoff atmosphere in D.C. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch to see where the series goes. It, it definitely is. Because, look, the if you follow the W, you know the history these teams have in the playoffs. Um, you know the history that DC has and Seattle has ignoring each other. Um, it, it, it's really a heavyweight bout, um, possibly two teams that aren't necessarily favorites, but have at times been the scary team. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Washington Mystics, number one defense in the league right now. Just, just an intimidating thing. And, you know, in these episodes, we've been chatting with the lower-seeded reporters um, uh, beat reporters covering the team so we can kind of get some insight in it because I feel like often in the W, uh, the higher seeded teams kind of steal the headlines, steal the content, um, steal the meat and potatoes, as it were. But with this team, an interesting aspect is when I look at the storm, I would say their weakness is um, when I think of it, and maybe you have some other more intelligent ways to look at it. But when I think about the storm's weakness, I think it kind of plays into DC's strength, uh, which is their defense, right? Like, the Storm's weakness has been, at times, the team has really struggled to find any offensive movement momentum besides Brianna Stewart. Jewel Lloyd has come alive of recent, but in general, not specific to, to the regular season matchup, but in general, Jewel Lloyd has not been that offensive threat, neither has Sue Bird. Um, and they've struggled to kind of fill, I mean, I know this is a broken record, but they've struggled to fill uh, the Sammy Wickham, Alicia Clark, Natasha Howard offensive output that this team gives. Um, do you view that as like kind of the strength weakness that DC has to take advantage of, or is there something else, um, that you feel DC should be taking advantage of in this matchup? So I definitely think that there's something to that, right? I mean, I think they, they brought in Gabby Williams, who actually has been really good for them, especially on, on the defensive side. Um, but really has been more inconsistent on the offensive end. Um, they brought in, obviously, Tina Charles to try and help with some of that offense because we know what kind of a liability she can be on the defensive end. Jewel Lloyd has had, let's just say, not her best year. Um, and so there's been a lot of inconsistency, as you said, on the offensive end outside of uh, Stewie, who we know is incredible. And there's, you know, that's all we, we really need to say about her. Um, and I think that's definitely an area that Washington can take advantage of. The problem is, is that Seattle is really clicking at the right time. In the last six games, Seattle is first in scoring, first in three-point percentage, and first in assists. And so it really feels like that Noel Quinn has gotten this team to connect and gel well offensively. And that could really play a major role in this game, in the series, if if Washington, its defense isn't up for the task. It has been, and they've actually held Seattle's um, field goal percentage down in all three games. Um, and so that will be something to watch. Is there enough scoring to go around outside of Stewie, or um, is there, is it not? And it's just her on an island and everyone else is really struggling. I wouldn't say it's the biggest piece. For me, the biggest piece to watch is the Seattle bench. Um, they only get about 12 minutes a game. Um, and really, the interesting thing is when there are two or more bench players out there in any lineup, 
the average net rating is negative 7.1, which is not good. So when you have one bench player, because as a Magmador comes off the bench now, um, or in January, or Tiffany Prince, one of them that goes out there, not a problem. But when you put two bench players out there together with other three starters, now you have problems. And that's something that Washington can take advantage of because their depth is built to be able to take, to take advantage of that. So for me, if Washington's ability to perform offensively is there, which is a big if, because they also can get really one-dimensional with Elena Daladon, but if Maisha Hines-Allen and Troy Walker-Kimbrough and Elizabeth Williams and Tiana Hawkins, if she's able to play, can actually step up, I think Washington's depth and their bench can outshine Seattle's, and I think that's where Washington can really find that advantage. Yeah, honestly, like going into this, I'm not going to lie, on, on every podcast that I've done so far, I've said uh, Seattle in two. Um, now, that I'm slowly, as we talk about it, the more I game plan this out, and I always say until the first the, the first game of the series starts, I think you can flip-flop switch um, and, and do-si-do, whatever you want to do, your your decision, your pick, your prediction. Um, I'm, I'm slowly, the more we talk about it, the more we dive into it and think about it, the more I'm leaning towards Washington. Washington has the tools to win this. Um, I think, like, I, I've been trying to not be such a hater in these episodes, right? I'm trying to show love to all of you. But I think when I kind of look at it in the classic playoff, like, different topics, right? Offensively, which team has the nod? Defensively, obviously, the Mystics have the nod. I would give the offensive nod probably to the Storm. The coaching yeah. nod, in my mind, goes to the Mystics. Uh, I'm withholding Noel Quinn commentary right now. But Pokey <laughs> Chapman, uh, a super, like, Pokey Chapman was the interim, if you call it that, the stand-in, whatever you call it, head coach for a few of those games that we saw this team really shine and step through. So, you know, read through the lines on, on what I'm saying there. Um, but I, I think the more I look at this team, the more I get excited about what you're talking about. The depth of, of DC ha has, you know, been strong, but under underwhelming. And, and I say that in the sense of like, I'm not looking at Shatori and going, wow, she's blown up in the same sense of after the championship year, when we looked at Tiana Hawkins, when we looked at Shatori, we thought, okay, these players are ready to take that next step in their career. And I think we've seen so far since that's happened, that's not true. But they still are super powerful bench players. The, the key matchups in my mind, because we know Stewie's going to get hers, right? Deladon's not shutting down Stewie. Uh, uh, Shakira's not shutting down Stewie. And Tina's probably going to get her eaten too. For me, it boils down to what can the combo of Atkins, Clark, and Cloud do to impact and disrupt Sue Bird and Jewelloid. Like, right there, that's the important thing to me. Sue Bird it might not be offensively impacting this game, like, in, in the stat sheet way. She's going to find ways to impact that game. What can Natasha Cloud? Hey, you want to be first-team all-defense? Go up against one of the greats, if not the greatest point guard in league history. Obviously, past her prime, but whatever. Um, Jewelloid is that offensive threat that puts Seattle in a position to win games um, and not just be carried by Brianna Stewart. You know what? Alicia Clark and Ariel Atkins, you need to find ways to get in her face and shut her down. And also, Alicia Clark, you've been here before with this team. You know what Sue Bird is going to do. I think there's a quote I saw, maybe it came out from you, about Sue Bird basically saying that like Alicia Clark knew the plays that they were calling in late-game situations right. because she'd been there for so long. That is a huge, huge advantage, especially for an evil mastermind like 
Coach T. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun five on five for, for these starters to go up against one another. And I think that there's a big key here is can Ariel Atkins slow down Jewel Lloyd? If Jewel Lloyd gets hot, um, how can you shut her down? Can Natasha Cloud slow down Sue Bird's ability to facilitate? Because Sue Bird has, has really gone off in the assists. Obviously, she's one of the, she's, if not the, the greatest assist master of all time. Um, can she slow her down? Can she slow down that facilitation? What can Alicia Clark do if she's not scoring? Can she lock down defense? Can she help bring some of those intangibles and some of the knowledge? Um, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, Coach Tio was talking with him the other day, and he was saying how, you know, in the matchup of Brianna Stewart and Elena Demeldon, sometimes they can cancel each other out. And you're never going to slow down one or the other, but how can you make them uncomfortable? That's one of his favorite words, is how do you make Brianna Stewart uncomfortable? Um, and in the preview um, that Hunter and I wrote up, we talked about how it's basically the same equation. You have to be physical with both of them. You have to get up underneath them. You have to move them off their spots. You have to be physical with them early and get them uncomfortable. And so let's just say that those two can sort of, quote unquote, slow each other down and cancel each other out. What can the others do? What can everyone else do to step up? And I think it's really going to be interesting to see, not just from the starters, but what else, what other kind of contributions are there going to be? Because you said it, the Storm have a better offense. And if they're going to click like they were the last six games of the regular season, that's great. But what can Washington do? Well, they have a Lindeladon. Awesome. But what if she's taken out? What if she's slow? What if she's not shooting well like she was against the Sparks at the end of the season? Who else is going to step up? This offense has been few and far between um, in terms of who else is going to help score, and they are so inconsistent. When they're locked in, they're going to score 85, 90, 95 points a game, and everyone is getting is everyone is getting up, and everyone's getting some. Everybody eats. That's what Natasha Cloud has said all season. But when they're not, who else is going to be able to help out? And that's going to be a really key piece for me is that it's not just Alicia Clark, Atkins, and Cloud, but can Maisha Hines Allen, can Shatori Walker Kimber, can they help with some of these scoring off the bench where Seattle doesn't necessarily have that um, to help where some of the starters may or may not be able to score? I think what you're saying, uh, excuse me for, for translating for us less intelligent <laughs> basketball minds, is that, like, yes, superstars can can get you to the promised land, but in this matchup, um, there's so many superstars. You need a role player to step up to be that person who takes the team over the top. I want to remind everyone who's been listening to join us for our next watch party. We just had one last night for the two uh, games last night of the first round. A shocking upset of New York Liberty over the Chicago Sky. And then... Maybe almost as equally shocking was how long the Phoenix Mercury stuck around against the top-seeded Las Vegas Aces. Join us for our next watch party tonight. Uh, we got more playoff games. The Wings and the Sun battle and the Mystics and the Storm duke it out. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. That's getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. It's a lot of fun. We always have a good time. I know there's a lot of these, these watch parties going on uh, biasly. I think ours is the best. So let, let's let's break this down. In get simplistic, get micro, get macro, whatever, get uh, extensive. What needs to happen for DC to pull off a victory in this series? I don't care about one game. I want to know what it takes to pull off a victory in this series, and I want our listeners to keep in mind how crazy packed those next two games in Seattle are going to be. I mean, they had over 18,000 for their last home game for Sue Bird. This is possibly Sue Bird's last home game ever. Um, it's going to be crazy there. So uh, I'm blabbling. Talk to me. 
<laughs> so I think there's really three big pieces, three stats that I'm really keeping my eye on. Um, the first one is points in the paint. When Washington outscores their opponent in points in the paint, they're, they're like a ridiculous 18 and six or something on the season. So Washington's key is get in the front court and score. And that's going to really rely on players like Shakira Austin and Deladon's back downs and Clark backing down a smaller guard and um, Elizabeth Williams. Players like that, the front court depth that Washington has, they've got to be able to go big and get points in the paint. And if they can get um, Stewie or even Magnagor in foul trouble, all the better for it. The second piece is the bench. I was just talking about it earlier. The, when, when Washington bench outscores the other, they're also like a ridiculously high win percentage as well. I don't know the exact number, but their bench is going to be key. And I keep harping on it because I really think this is the one area that Washington really has a clear-cut advantage on is the bench and the depth that they have. I mean, T has talked about it. Noel has talked about it. All of them have talked about how similar these two teams are. So I've been looking real carefully at where those differences lie. For me, it's the bench. So if points in the paint and the bench are in Washington's favor, they're probably going to win. When they had both of those in the in the three-game set in the regular season, that's the game that they won. So for me, it's those two stats I'm keeping my eye on. Something else that I, I looked at that was interesting was looking at the net rating quarter by quarter. And so in the first half, these two teams are neck and neck um, in terms of how many points that, that they get for possession and where their net rating falls. What's interesting then is that in the third quarter, the Storm had the best net rating in the third quarter, but the worst net rating in the fourth quarter. And I asked Coach D about it yesterday, about what does that mean coming out of the half? And he said, you have to come out and play um, like really strong um, possessions, both sides of the ball, so that you're not giving them a chance to get back in the game. And he said they can have whatever kind of momentum they want to have before the half, but the second half you have to come out strong. And so if see if the game is close, it's watch Washington for how they play in the third quarter. They haven't always come out strong in those quarters. And so if Washington can carry momentum or start some momentum or, or make sure that they're scoring and shutting down Seattle's offense in that third quarter, that's going to be the key. Because in the fourth quarter, Seattle has, been, has shown that they're just not there. And you also don't want to get this game into overtime because – uh, the Storm had the best net rating in overtime, and the Mystics had the second worst net rating in overtime. So the third quarter for me is going to be the key quarter. Can Washington win those third quarters to help extend a lead and then carry that into the fourth and win this? So I think points in the paint, the bench, and net rating for me in those quarters is going to be key to watch. Okay, now now it gets interesting, right? Key players. For me, it, it's some obvious ones, maybe some not so obvious ones. Uh, for DC, it's Alicia Clark. Um, a player who I test wise in my mind offensively has not found her rhythm yet this season. Now you look at the stats and she's getting eight points a game this season compared to her career high of 10 in 2020. Um, and before that, it, it, it's pretty on average, right? You know, career wise, she's averaging seven. So still a little bit above where it really sticks out to me is her three point percentage is the second worst of her career coming in at just at 30%. Um, Alicia Clark knows this other team. She's been impactful and a huge reason why this is the top defensive team in the league. But when it comes to playoffs and when it comes to the value of Alicia Clark, her defense is only one side of the coin. And yes, her back down game is a huge aspect also, but her ability to hit big threes and to produce points in clumps of, Hey, if you're going to double deli, then we're going to pass it around the horn and find somebody open around the rim. Or we're going to find somebody open behind the three-point line. And Alicia Clark, and like anybody on this team, is a threat from behind the arc. 
Alicia Clark needs to make that a viable threat against Seattle. Otherwise, Seattle will find ways to sag off. And as you touched on, they do have defensive liabilities that, you know, DC can take advantage of. And then for the Storm, it's pretty simple. Um, We know who Brianna Stewart is. We know she's going to carry the team. We know Tina Charles is probably going to produce some offense and be a turnstile on defense. We know Sue Bird is going to hit big shots when it's needed. My question all year, because it has not been her greatest year and the team has, you know, been a top dog when playing top game and been a bottom dog or a middle pack dog when she hasn't, is Jewel Lloyd. Which Jewel Lloyd are we going to see? Are we going to see playoff Jewel? Are we going to see, you know, the Jewel from the Wubble that is, you know, diving out of bounds as the clock expires to hit big shots to move on in the playoffs? Or are we going to see the Jewel Lloyd that we've seen for the majority of this season? To me, that's what it comes down to. Those are the two key players for each team. Who who are your key players on each team for this matchup? So I, w- I would definitely agree with you on the Seattle side. Jewel Lloyd is for sure the key here for me, for every reason that you said. I think, you know, TC is going to get hers and Stewie's going to get hers. Um, and Magmagor, if she's able to be dominant in the paint, will get hers. But Lloyd is going to be, that secondary score is going to be huge. Can they get enough production from Jewel Lloyd? Which one will show up, just like you said? I, so I think for Seattle, she is the key. And then the bench, just like I was talking about before. It, will Talbot, January, Prince, will Lavender even play? Who is going to help step up on that bench to help bring some additional scoring punch when Stewie has to rest and Bird has to rest and Lloyd has to rest? On Washington, I agree on Clark. I think her rebounding is going to be also really key. Seattle is one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. So can Clark help bring some additional rebounding um, that Washington really is going to need to take advantage and get out and run? For me, Maisha Hines-Allen. She's been really inconsistent this year. Um, She was fighting her shot a little bit. Coach said earlier in the season that maybe she thinks too much out there and she has to just kind of simplify her game a little bit. So can Maisha Hines-Allen find some of her scoring punch? We know that she can defend, but she helps stretch the floor. She can shoot the three, but she can also attack off the dribble um, and get downhill really quickly. So can Maisha Hines-Allen provide the 8, 9, 10, 11 points off the bench to help this team score and get out of offensive funks? And I think Shatori Walker-Kimbrough does a little bit of everything. She can steal the ball. She can rebound. She can score. Um, Her three-point shooting has been a little bit down this year, but I think – um, in these big games, I think it's going to be key for her to hopefully find that and be able to help also offset some of the scoring of the starters so that they don't have to carry the load the entire game. So I think those two for sure would be key for me. I think the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the interesting aspect uh, is both these teams are one of the many interesting aspects. Both these teams like really roll on vibes, right? Like a big play on one end to a cool transition bucket or to a cool feed to a big shot by Shatori or something. Like, these teams so quickly can hit that switch and not in the sense of like, it's like a mental thing. Like maybe we saw from Chicago last year, come playoff times where it was like, all right, we need to take this shit seriously. Um, But in the sense of like one cool play can ignite both these teams to go on a 15 0 run. And that's what makes them so scary is that you never know who you're getting from either of them. Um, All right. Well, this is where it gets hard, Matt predictions. (laughs) Um, I, as I said, I've been going storm two to one storm two to one when it comes down to it, you know what? I'm going to have to flip on my flip the script a little bit. Um, I think somehow Washington steals one in Seattle. Um, 
and I'm going to go Washington 2-1. to one. They, they win at home. I've wow. not in a long time picked D.C. to win a series, especially I've never picked D.C. to win a series against uh, Seattle. But here's my thing. I pick Coach T for Coach of the Year. This this is where he's going to make yeah. me look smart. So, <laughs> and I mean, it's it's not a bad call. I think as we've gotten closer to the series, a lot of people have been switching their pick from the Storm to the Mystic. I mean, and look, I've spent several days now pouring through some of these numbers. And Hunter and I had a conversation. Who's the you know the Storm beat reporter? And him and I have been talking a lot about it. And I'm going to have to stick with my pick from the uh, from the, the preview article we wrote. And I'm going to say Storm in three. I think the Mystics are actually going to come out. A lot of the same way that, that the Liberty came out last night against the Sky. Come out on the road, take the crowd out of it, and play a really almost perfect, flawless game and steal that first game. I think Seattle is not going to allow it to happen on their own home court, and I think Seattle takes game two, and I think they end up riding that momentum um, into game three in, in D.C. You talked about it, that the D.C. crowd... Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's a good crowd, but it's not like a Seattle crowd, especially with it being Sue Burns, um, final, you know, run here. And so I think Seattle in three is, is, is the call here. It's tough. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Washington takes that game three, but this series is for sure going three, but I'm saying Seattle in three. I love it. Uh, just a reminder, we're doing the playback tonight. Game starts at eight. Then we got another game at 10. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash Winsider. Matt, tell the folks your Twitter handle and where to read your articles. Sure. So you can read all of my articles on winsider.com. And my Twitter handle is M-C-C-O-H-E-N-5. M-C-Cohen-5. Follow that. Follow that. We'll be back.